What's up, Joe? What's up, everybody? As we head down the stretch in Major League Baseball, the pennant races are heating up. Divisions are still up for grabs in the National League East and in the AL and NL Central. On top of that, there are 10 teams in the hunt for wild cards. It's shaping up to be an exciting finish. And joining me today on Sports 360 to break it all down is Rob Duran of Rob Duran Sports. So stay right where you are. We'll be right back. Sports 360. Today on Sports 360, I am joined by Rob Duran of Rob Duran Sports. Starting today, Rob will join us each week to talk about the pennant races as we head down the stretch in this Major League Baseball season. Rob, thanks for coming on the show. How are you today? I'm doing well, Jeff. Thanks for having me. Rob, as we we head into the final stretch of the major league baseball season we have some interesting races uh in both in both the american league and the national league and uh, i'm glad that you know i got you on the phone for a few minutes today to talk about some of these races as we head into this first week of september but overall man how how do you see you know this this season winding down man it's been some exciting baseball some teams playing really well some teams like the Mets sort of getting back into it. Um, even Boston, you know, bouncing back, I think, over the past couple of weeks and getting back into it. But, um, you know, it has been some exciting baseball. Oh, absolutely. I think um, this is shaping up to be a great month of September in baseball. Uh, like you mentioned, a lot of teams that may not have seemed like they were going to be in the race towards the middle of the season suddenly caught a surge, got hot. And here we are, a bunch of teams battling for wild card spots, a few division spots still up for grabs here and there. Um, like the American League is, I just look at the wild card. Like the AL East is pretty much set with the Yankees in the big lead and Houston as well in the West. But the Central, Cleveland got hot out of nowhere, right, to, right near the All-Star break. They made a push, even got into first place um, over the Twins. Since the Twins have, you know, kind of recovered from – they're slacking a little bit and jump to the division lead. But that AL wildcard race is, I think it's going to be pretty interesting to watch down the stretch. Um, I call the wildcard race almost like a three and a half team race with the half team being the Red Sox because they're hot and cold a lot this year. But I think even though they're only five games out, which the way things can go and schedules and all that stuff with the other teams, five games may not be much. No, and especially the way they've been playing. Um, you know, it's it's interesting, Rob, because you can take a team that's five games out, um, like the Red Sox, but have been playing well, and you feel as if they're in it, right? And then you look, for example, at the Mets, who are four games out, and they've been scuffling a little bit, and you feel that they're hanging on by a thread. So sometimes it's a combination of, okay, how many games are you out? 
but also how well you're playing at that point. And I think Boston's been playing pretty well. Oh, they definitely have. Um, I know Chris Sale is out for the year with the elbow injury, and luckily they avoided the Tommy John, the cursed Tommy John surgery. But even even with his loss, David Price is back. Um, Eduardo Rodriguez has been pitching well all season. And uh, their bullpen is kind of strengthening just a little bit. It's not what it was last year, obviously. They lost a lot of pieces. But even then, and then their offense has been one of the best in the league from the very beginning of the season. So I think just the combination of that and Devers, MVP candidate, probably top two or three candidate this league, um, this year. But that team, they can make a run. I, and I won't be surprised. They have the championship pedigree to do it. They, they proved it last year. Alex Cole is a great manager. And I think they have a run in them. Maybe they make it. Maybe they don't. I, I feel personally they'll fall a little bit short, but they'll definitely make it interesting against the other teams. Yeah, and as we look at the at the wild card in the in in the AL, I mean, right now as we speak here on Labor Day, Tampa Bay has a half game lead on Cleveland. Cleveland has a half game lead on Oakland, and then Boston is five games out. And so that's where you, as you said, three and a half teams. Um, but you know, if you if if you look this week, I mean, Boston has three games against Minnesota and then four against the Yankees. So obviously, this is a critical week for Boston. Um, and each of those games, I mean, they're playing at home, but those are some tough teams that they have coming up this week. Oh, definitely. I think I call this their do or die week which is basically if, if they can pull out two series wins against two powerhouse teams in the Yankees and Twins, then there's no reason to count them out. But if they, they falter, they lose both series, that may be the end of them, depending on, you know, again, what happens with the other teams ahead of them. Because the Rays have a tough schedule coming up where they face the Dodgers, Red Sox, and Yankees. And um, that can determine a lot of things. Cleveland may have the easiest schedule of the bunch, where they face the Twins twice, and that's really it as far as on paper. And then um, Oakland. Oakland is one of those tricky teams. You always think Oakland won't be in it, and then they are. And here they are again. They were in it last year as well. And they have a pretty easy schedule aside from going against Houston. So, um, like we mentioned, the Red Sox series is kind of do or die coming up with the Yankees and Twins. But other than that, I don't know. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be fun to see that last week of the season. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it, when we look at the division race, because I think the only division race in the American League that is still up for grabs is in the AL Central. Right. And yeah. Minnesota has a five and a half game lead over Cleveland. But Minnesota has, you know, I think they have a gauntlet coming up where they have three against Boston. Then they have three against Cleveland, three against Washington, and then another three against Cleveland. So I think these next 12 games for Minnesota, which includes six against Cleveland, is going to be important. If they can navigate those six, you know, those um, those uh, 12 games that they have coming up, then I think they'll be okay. But I don't think the division is out of reach for Cleveland, given, you know, what Minnesota has coming up over these next two weeks. No, and Cleveland is a team that can get hot. And um, a lot was said when they traded Bauer to Cincinnati. But the pieces they picked up really shored up that roster. They needed help. They needed offensive help in the outfield. And with Puig and Reyes out there now, they're just 
they're a powerhouse in the AL. And uh, with Lindor obviously leading the charge, he's as good as they come at the shortstop position. I just think that team, that team is as good as any team in the AL. And they can be scary once they're hot. So Minnesota does have to continue to build on the lead they have because any slip up from them, like you said, with that schedule they have coming up, Cleveland can easily jump them. Yeah, so I, I think that's going to be interesting to watch. Now, you mentioned that Oakland doesn't have a very tough schedule, and you're right. I mean, other than a four-game set against Houston uh, starting next Monday, they really, again, on paper, don't have a very tough schedule. Neither does Tampa Bay. I mean, this coming week, they have seven games, three against Baltimore and four against Toronto. And then after that, they have six games against um, Texas and and Anaheim. So Tampa and, and, and Oakland, you know, which again, Tampa has a half game lead. Oakland is a half game out of the second wild card. But they have on paper the two easiest schedules coming up. Yeah, and it's it's funny. Tampa and Oakland, if they make the playoffs, two of the lowest payrolls in the league, and they somehow continue to find ways to win year in and year out. And it'll that'll be just an amazing thing to see in baseball in general, just having those two teams where they don't necessarily have, I guess you can say, like the superstar talent that most of these other teams have. You see the Yankees loaded roster, Red Sox loaded roster, Dodgers, et cetera. And to see those two teams fighting it against the big dog, so to speak, in September, going into the playoffs in October, I think that's a great thing to see. Yeah, it is. And, and Tampa has been there all year. Um, and Oakland as well. I mean, you know, have, these guys have been contending. So it's going to be really interesting to see, um, you know, what transpires in the American League. Um, this week, again, we got some, some really, uh, intriguing matchups, especially with Minnesota. Um, and, um, you know, they have a couple of games, a couple of series left with Cleveland. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens there. Now let's, let's switch gears and go to the national league because there we have a lot in play, I believe. Um, you know, the, uh, National League Central, St. Louis has a three-game lead over Chicago. And then the Braves have a five-and-a-half game lead on the Washington Nats. And then you have a whole bunch of teams who are in the wild card hunt. Um, why don't you break down the wild cards for us? Oh, definitely. So this wild card is wild, definitely wild. We have at least six teams battling for the spot with the Mets and Arizona. Arizona is another team that, kind of just comes out of nowhere towards the end of each year. And um, they're making, of course, they're only three and a half out from the second wildcard spot. I know the Nationals right now, they have a nice lead in the wildcard, four and a half over the Cubs. But just looking at the teams under them, we have the Cubs, Phillies, the Brewers are still in it. And if Yelich can remain healthy for the rest of the year with the back problems, I think they can make a, a nice little run towards the end. And again, we mentioned the Mets. They on paper, they probably have the best rotation in the game um, right there with Houston, just based on pure talent. And if they can get something figured out with the bullpen and make sure that they continue to be consistent, and offensively, we know what the polar bear does. He's just breaking home runs every time we turn on the game. That team, the Mets can easily make a run and jump in and sneak in to that second wildcard spot, depending on what happens with the Cubs and the Cardinals. 
Yeah, I mean, and and it, it's interesting about the Mets because their next three series are important. I mean, all of these are important, but they have three starting with Washington today. Then they go home and they have three with Philadelphia and then they have four with Arizona and Arizona right now is a half game in front of the Mets. So the Mets have an opportunity right now to make up ground on those teams that are ahead of them in the wild cards, you know, primarily Philadelphia and Arizona because they're going to go against them head to head. Um, but then after that Arizona series, they have a series against the Dodgers. So the Mets have a little bit of a gauntlet coming up as well. Yeah, and to be honest, that Dodgers series, depending on what's going on as far as home field advantage, the Dodgers may decide to rest some of their regulars, and the Mets can take advantage of that series. And as far as them going against, you know, the teams in front of them, the Mets team, one thing I've noticed this year is when you think they're out, they suddenly get hot, and they can pull off an 8-2 in their last 10 games kind of thing. So I think that's definitely a team to look out for. They're struggling a little bit now, but just like they're struggling now, they can suddenly get hot and pull off a quick win streak. Yeah, I, I, I tend to agree with that. It's like when you feel like they're done, and then they seem to kick it into a gear. Um, I think that recent six-game losing streak, it's hard to lose six games, Rob, when you're battling for a playoff spot, six games in a row, you know. Um, but we'll see if they can overcome that. Now, we talk about schedules. Do you know Arizona plays San Diego nine times <laughs> between <laughs> between today and the end of the season? They have three series against the San Diego Padres. Um, and then they have two against Cincinnati, one against Miami and you know they have that series against the Mets and one with St. Louis but again and I don't want to overemphasize it Rob because we know that sometimes playing those second tier teams those teams that are out of it uh, become some of the toughest games for teams that are contending for a playoff spot so we don't want to make it seem like it's an automatic win but again you know when you look at strength of schedule um, Arizona seems to to have a very favorable schedule coming down the stretch. Yeah, and like I said earlier, they're a team that you don't realize they're still in the race. And somehow they're there every year. And even the past few years, they've kind of snuck up on, on the Dodgers and whoever else is in front of them and kind of try to sneak into the playoffs or even make the playoffs. And, you know, they traded away Zach Greinke. And at that point, you thought maybe eh, they're throwing in the white towel, yet here they are again fighting. And like you said, strength of schedule, I don't know, <laughs> it's an easy one coming up for them. So I don't know, man. This this NL wild card, it definitely, I think, in my opinion, it'll go down to the very last game of the season. And it wouldn't shock me to maybe see a tie here or there with some of these teams for that second wild card spot. Yeah, because there are too many teams that are in the mix. And what's interesting about it, Rob, is how many of these teams are playing each other coming exactly. down the stretch, right? Now, obviously, you know, we, Milwaukee, I thought, you know, rebounded pretty well over the weekend after dropping that first game against the Cubs. And they took the last two, shutting out the Cubs in each game, right? Yeah. Um, and so that was important. And, you know, Milwaukee has a two-game set against Houston this week, followed by a four-game set with the Cubs at home. 
So, you know, they obviously have an opportunity uh, being right now three games behind Chicago to close the gap coming up this very week. Yeah, and to be honest, a team like the Cubs, they scare me the most in terms of how they can quickly fall off. And I think we've seen their roller coaster season all year this year where they haven't yet established themselves, I think, as a team, you know, that you can't sleep on. And I think coming into the stretch, the stretch from here in September, they're the one team that I look at and I'm like, eh, I'm not so sure they can hold on. Um, I think eventually maybe they do get in, but those teams chasing them are hungry. And I feel like they're hungrier than the Cubs, even with the amount of talent the Cubs have on their roster. Yeah. And I got to tell you, Nick's, Nick Castellanos has really been phenomenal uh, following his acquisition from Detroit. Um, yeah, I mean, he has a um, – the, the Cubs have a very potent lineup, but they have been an enigma to me. And I think that's what you were suggesting as well, that they are that type of team, you know, that – you know, until their series against the Mets, they they were struggling on the road. And then they yeah. came into New York and they swept that three-game series, but they haven't been playing well on the road all year. And, you know, they have four coming up against Milwaukee in Milwaukee this week. And so it's going to be really interesting. And after that, it's followed by four at San Diego. So for a team that hasn't been playing well on the road, these, um, you know, these next couple of series are going to be important for for uh, the Chicago Cubs. Um, what about Philly? Philly sits two and a half games behind the Cubs. Um, and in a lot of ways, Philly has sort of been that enigma as well. They they really haven't hit their stride. I you know I think a lot of people thought they would be contending for the division. Um, and right now they're battling for a wild card spot. But what do you see in Philadelphia? Honestly, I think a lot of us thought Philly would be one of the best teams in the game just with the, the haul they had this offseason with um, Romuto at catcher and then obviously Bryce Harper and just the, the talent they had last year. But the pitching hasn't held up the way um, everyone expected with Arietta going down. Um, Aaron Nola hasn't been what he was last year, which is a Cy Young contender. And I think, um, like you said, they haven't really hit the stride that everyone thought they would hit coming into the season. I wouldn't be surprised if they do hit that stride now, but they do have a tough schedule. Like we mentioned earlier, they go against basically everyone in the division towards the end of this, this last month. So if they're able to, you know, grind it out and get some wins, that's a team to watch coming into the playoffs if they walk in there hot. And Bryce Harper, for all his, you know, the hype coming into the season and the big contract and everything, he's performing pretty well down the stretch. And I think that's what they need, just him to kind of anchor that offense, put it on his shoulders and take them all the way. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I, Bryce has been playing well um, over the last month or so, and they are going to need him to lead. And so it's going to be interesting to see if he does. But, um, you know, you mentioned their schedule. You know, they have four against Cincinnati coming up. And then it gets tough. Three at the yeah. Mets, four with Atlanta, two with Boston, another three with Atlanta, three with Cleveland, five with Washington, and then they end with three against Miami. 
So after the Cincinnati series, they're playing every series that they have, one, two, three, four, five, six series in a row are against teams that are vying for a playoff spot. Yeah, they're going to have to definitely earn their money against those teams. Yeah, no doubt about it. No no doubt about it. Um, and then as we, we mentioned before, I mean, the Dodgers right now have um, the West on lockdown, right? Um, uh, but, you know, so I think they're fine. Um, what about St. Louis? I mean, again, they have a three-game lead. They're a division leader, but they're not totally out of the woods um, themselves because they do have – uh, seven games against the Cubs toward the end of the season. So, um, you know, St. Louis is a team a lot of people don't seem to be speaking about, but here they are leading the division, even though it's just by three games as we head into the first week of September. Yeah, St. Louis is another team this year that just kind of quietly just did their thing. They put their head down and did their thing, and here they are leading the division. I actually had them going into the playoffs as the wild card team the first wildcard team with the Cubs winning the division this offseason. And um, I can't say it shocked me that they are in first place. It's kind of what the Cardinals are, are about. They just kind of, like I said, they put their head down. They just they grind it out. They get their wins, no matter who's on the roster, it seems like. And, you know, they do have some tough games. They have to beat the Cubs in order to maintain that division lead, obviously. And I think the big thing for them, they have to win the division, I think. I think once they get into that wall card situation, it'll get tricky for them because those teams behind them have something so much more to play for and they're literally fighting for their playoff lives. So I think St. Louis is a team that has to hold on to that division race to really get things going in the playoffs and actually make the playoffs. Yeah, I agree with that. And so, Rob, as we as we head into this week, um, you know, I think the series to be watching uh, in the American League would be Minnesota against Boston and followed up by Minnesota and Cleveland. I think those are sort of the marquee matchups in the uh, in the American League as far as the playoff contenders are concerned. Um, And then Boston also has a, a, a series against the Yankees, and I think that's worth obviously keeping an eye on this week as well. So there are some key series this week in in the American League. And and of all these teams, obviously, Boston has the least margin of error. Oh, definitely. And like I said, this is their do-or-die week. I think if they can pull something off against the Twins, they go into the, to the Yankee series with momentum. And who knows what can happen at Fenway. We've seen crazier things happen at Fenway. So, you know, I wouldn't count the Red Sox out just yet. I know I jokingly kind of gave them the half team in my three-and-a-half team wild card race, but they can be as, as tough as anyone to beat in this entire league if they get things going and they're hot. And a lot of it has to do with their pitching. You know, their offense I'm not worried about at all. It's their pitching that really has to, you know, keep that team afloat and make sure that they, they're in games. They're in late in games and stuff like that. Yeah. And then switching over to the National League, this week, if we look at the you know the, the the Mets, who are right now the the last team in contention for a wild card spot uh, um, among the four or five that are there, this week is important as well for them with series against Washington and Philadelphia, Milwaukee series against Houston and Chicago, and obviously Chicago 
um, you know, uh, going into Milwaukee has to show that they can, you know, win on the road. So I think those are some series we want to keep a, a, a close eye on because Milwaukee has it tough. We haven't really talked about that, but that two gamer against Houston followed by four against Chicago, you know, if they win those games, you know, they can make up some ground, but man, that that's a, that's a tough little stretch right there. It's definitely tough. And those two game series are tricky. And we see a lot of teams go into two game series and, you know, they, they split or they lose those two. And people think, oh, it's not a big, there's only two games. But in September, those two games can mean making the playoffs and not, especially against a team like Houston. And, uh, you know, they have Granky going against them tomorrow. So that'll be interesting to see. And then going off to the Mets and the Nationals, we got a good one with Scherzer and DeGrom going at it. So we're hoping for low scoring there. So we'll see how that goes. But again, those, you know, the Mets and Nationals going at it, that's, that's huge for the Mets if they can pull a series win there. Right. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm just excited, man, as we, as we come down, down the stretch. Let me ask you a question though. Um, um, generally now when we talk about the wild cards and everything else, because there has been some talk among general managers that, you know, um, that getting the wild card doesn't have as much value, especially, I mean, we heard this around the trade trade deadline, right? That there were some teams that were reluctant to make a move because the one game wild card didn't seem a big enough payoff for them to perhaps part with some assets. What do you think about that? You know, that's tough because the goal is to win the championship. And, you have this opportunity now where you have two wild card spots, where before it was just one. And even before that, it was division or bust. But now you have two opportunities to, you know, get into the playoffs. And we've seen teams in the wild card get hot, and maybe they can take that first round. And I don't think we've seen a a championship out of the wild card since I believe the Royals did so, if I'm not mistaken. But, you know, you have two opportunities for the wild card. Why not go after it? You know, you can beat the team that's in front of you. Like, you know, anything can happen in that one-game playoff. I would go all in for it, honestly speaking, if it's me. And I'm a general manager of the team. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think it's interesting because, you know, you can't compete for a championship if you don't make the postseason. So, you know, the idea that you won't go for it, go for it, meaning a postseason spot, um, seems counterintuitive. Sorry, MLB implemented the second wild card for more competition amongst teams. You know, because if you had just the one wild card spot and you have, for example, we're talking about the Mets that are a few games out, four games out, then you kind of say, okay, well, there's four teams in front of me and there's only one spot up for grabs. We'll just throw in the White House. We'll play for next year. You know, let's get some young guys a chance to kind of shine and see what we have for next year. But when you have two spots and that second wild card spot is normally the closest one because sometimes you have the first wild card team that, you know, could be three, four games up. But that second wild card spot is the one that everyone's fighting for because once you're there, now it's, you know, winner takes all from there. So I would, if I'm a team and I have the opportunity to make the playoffs, like I said, anything can happen once you're in. And it's just a matter of you putting your head down and grinding it out. And who knows? You know, you could surprise some teams making it out of the wild card spot. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Totally agree. Um, 
one other thing before before I let you go. Um, Justin Verlander, what are your thoughts? He just threw his third no-hitter of his career yesterday. Um, what are your thoughts about that? Justin Verlander, we thought he was done a couple of years ago before Houston picked him up. He had to go through a few injuries. But to me, Verlander is one of the best pitchers I've seen in my lifetime watching baseball. Um, his stuff is, is nasty. And I don't know what water they drink in Houston, but every pitcher that goes there suddenly becomes a super pitcher. And it's crazy to think at his age, 36, where pitchers are normally declining, their velocity is down, they're starting to struggle, he's getting stronger every year. And this year he may take the Cy Young, and if it's not him, it's his teammate Cole. It's just crazy to see that at his age, the way he's still dominating lineups, and I know the Blue Jays, they're not in contention, but they have a young offensive squad. They're, they're a bunch of beasts there. And he's able to shut that lineup down and just shut every lineup that goes against him down. I think it's it's great to see a pitcher like him get a no-hitter, something that we don't see, especially if he threw 120 pitches, which is, <laughs> at this day and age, you don't see guys throwing 100 pitches anymore. And he was able to do it and get stronger each and every inning. It's it's amazing to see. Yeah. I mean, hats off to Justin Verlander, because as you said, you know, it wasn't that long ago where it seemed as if, you know, his career was coming to an end in Detroit. Uh, he yeah, wasn't pitching well. Injuries, all that stuff. And even when Houston picked him up, nobody was really worried about it, I guess you can say, because he was coming off a down year full of injuries and stuff like that. And it's like Houston picking him up, and he was owed all that money. Houston did pick him up at the waiver deadline a couple years back, and he's earned every penny if not more. Sure has. He sure has. And and I think he's a big part of that, you know, obviously a big part of that team, as you said, with Cole and with Granke. And, you know, as quiet as it's kept, Wade Miley. Wade Miley's been pitching well this year as well. So Houston, once again, um, looks tough. So, uh, but yeah, it was great to see Justin Verlander uh, go out there and, and, and get his third no-hitter of his career yesterday against Toronto. Um, and, and so lastly, Rob, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about Rob Duran Sports? I know um, we can catch you. You have a YouTube channel and, and you're on other social media platforms, but why don't you just tell us a little bit about that and where people can grab a listen? Yeah, so I'm on, I'm tinkering around with the YouTube channel and um, a little thing on SoundCloud, a podcast that I'm working on. Um I started my page, Rob Duran Sports, on Instagram, and I kind of branched out to Facebook and Twitter from there just to kind of be in tune with all the social media. And um, originally I started as a page that covered basketball and football as well, and then I kind of just zoned into the one sport that I grew up watching and, you know, the sport that I love the most, which is baseball. So I'm primarily a baseball page, um, and, yeah, I give up-to-date news, analysis, breakdowns, I'm always up for a good debate. As you know, Jeff, we kind of went at it with the Yankees and Mets a couple right. times. So, you know, it's always fun to, you know, to have discussions with people and things like that. But, yeah, so I'm, you know, basically a baseball page just trying to give people the news that they may have missed in the morning or whenever it is. And, you know, I'm just trying to grow from there. 
just trying to give people the genuine information and be the best I can be at the sport that I love and reporting about it and stuff like that. So again, I'm on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. I have a YouTube channel. Um, it's all under the same name, Rob Durant Sports. So if you guys get a chance, check that out. Yeah, certainly because, um, you know, I've, I've, um, I've checked you out a, a number of times, man. And, you know, I like some of the things that you put up, you know, some video clips and, and, and some good information on, you know, sometimes on transactions or on player achievements and all the rest of that. So it's a lot of good information. Um, and then also too, you give your take on, on uh, the game of baseball. And so, yeah, I encourage everybody who's listening here to check out Rob Duran on Rob Duran sports. Um, I think you'll get a lot out of it. So um, I got a lot out of this, Rob. I really appreciate it, man. And, you know, we're going to keep our eye on the series this week. And then you and I will come back again next week, see where we are um, as far as these pennant races go and uh, look at the week ahead um, as we keep barreling toward the postseason. But thanks a lot, Rob, for taking some time today on this Labor Day to chop it up a little bit about Major League Baseball. Oh, thank you for having me, Jeff. It was a pleasure. All right. Rob Durant.